Hey, so many people ask me, how do I find the energy, the motivation, the inspiration to reinvent myself, to change my midlife, to pursue and follow my dreams and make them reality? So I thought I would unpack this with you by telling you some stories from my life. Um, hey, I'm Star Monroe, psychotherapist and midlife sex, love and relationship coach. And each week on the Star Monroe Show, I talk about reinvention, confidence, relationships and sex in midlife. So I'm going to troll us back to when I hit the grand age of 40. Um, I'm now 52, so I'm 12 years on from this benchmark period in my life. Now, I'm actually going to trawl back a little bit further than 40. I've always been intrigued in personal growth, in learning more about me and why I do the things I do. So I've always been a very, very curious soul. And Please, uh, if you've got a journal and a pen, this would be great as long as you're not driving to take some notes. Curiosity is a trait that you need and you need to cultivate it within yourself if you do want to find the energy and the motivation to reinvent yourself midlife. So I've always been a curious soul and I've also been a very wounded soul too. Um, and I went through most of my life not liking who I was, not liking my body, thinking there was something wrong with me. My core wounding was that I was never enough, never good enough. And so I spent a lot of my life running away from who I was and numbing out with addictions, alcoholism, shopping, shitty relationships, working really hard, um, spending money, you name it. I did it all to numb and run away from myself. And throughout all of this, and I remember it started in my late teens, I was always really curious about why am I doing this? What's all this about? And I remember sitting on my first therapist's chair at the age of 25 and she said, what do you want? And I said, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Um, and at the time I was in my first marriage, I was working really hard. And I remember, I, I still can vividly remember sitting on her couch telling her that. I stayed with that therapist for many years, probably for 10 years on and off. Um, seeking happiness and learning more about who I am and why I do the things I do. One of my big drivers for me has been, well, the, the foundation to it was my body hate. I hated my body wanted to change my body I wanted to and I did you know I've done loads of things to my body uh, I've had lots of plastic surgery I've been on many diets many exercise regimes I was a bodybuilder I loved being addicted to cocaine and stress because it made me skinny um and yet 
I was always trying to figure out why I didn't like myself. And in my late 20s, I studied with, and this was really avant-garde at the time, I studied with a non-diet company, and they were in Canada. Um, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And I used to lead women through this whole process of coming back home to their bodies. This was when I was 29. Um, and I really loved the way of embracing your body. And yet the wounding in me was still there. So as I hit my 30s, I then went on a roller coaster of cocaine addiction, alcoholism, abusive relationships, so much working. Um, and I know in part that was because of my divorce and I really didn't know how to manage the backlash from having a divorce from being with somebody for 10 years and then not and, ha and being a single mum to my son. Um, so there was a lot of stuff going on there. And as I tra traversed my 30s, even though I was destroying myself at every single angle, I was still reading books. I was voraciously reading books on how to love my body, how to come back home to my body. And these, the words, how to come back home to myself, didn't mean anything to me, yet that is part of how I talk to women now. Um, so I was reading these books and I remember the first book I ever read that was so radical on coming back home to your body and loving what you have. And it was by uh, the authors Hirschman and Munter and it was entitled When Women Stop Hating Their Bodies. And then I used to read any and every book by Janine Roth. Um, and I loved the way that she spoke about her body and she was so at home after years of uh, eating disorders and purging and just strict dieting. And she was like, I'm at home now in my body and I really love my body. And I used to read these books and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing that she's got there. But I was so fucking frustrated that I could not figure out how to get there because I could see it logically. I could understand what she was doing logically, but I couldn't embody it. I couldn't feel it in the cells and the bones of my body. So I used to get really frustrated. And then that was another way that I used to have a go at myself. I'm not good enough. See, there is something wrong with me. This is not available for me. This was the narrative that I used to have about myself all the time. Life is hard. Look, here's another indicator that a life that I want is not for me. You see, there is something wrong with me. I'm broken and I need to fix it. So you know, this went on for many, 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 many years. Um, you know, it started at the age of 10 when I first read the Vogue Beauty Bible and it told me I had to look a certain way to be beautiful and acceptable. And it went all the way up to my mid 40s. So what woke me up, what woke me up was as I, I stopped using cocaine when I was 37. And then I replaced that addiction with another addiction. I started bodybuilding. And I loved the bodybuilding because it gave me the body that I'd always wanted. Yet, in the process of that, I ruined my life. 
my eating disorders returned. I was grumpy. I was irritable. No, I didn't get on with my son. I became very self-obsessed, narcissistic. Uh, it was a very unhealthy world to be in. And once I did my competition, I did come 10th in the UK. I'm very proud of that. And as I look back now at 52, I'm like, I learned a, I learned a lot of stuff from that experience in life. I Once I competed, which was in 2009, I then, for 2009, 2010, 2011, for the next two, three years, I was chasing this idea of perfection, chasing this idea of perfection. And how that manifested itself in my life was I was, I didn't call it dieting, I called it clean eating. So I would clean eat, I would do these 12-week transformation programs where I'd work really hard in the gym and eat really clean for 12 weeks and I would transform my body because my body was already primed to be transformed because I'd spent a year getting it in shape for the competition. So I would lose all this weight. I would get very lean. And as soon as the 12 weeks finish, sometimes I didn't even get to the end of the 12 weeks, I would start eating and like really binge eating because clean eating is just another fucking word for dieting. Um, and then this roller coaster just kept happening where I would um, restrict and then ping back and eat everything and make myself sick. And I, it was because I was reading about these other women that were living a different life in their bodies that I knew something else was available for me, even though I thought <laughs> that it wasn't available for me. And then when I got to around 40, 41, I was like, the pain of me keep doing this was too much. There are other things going on in my life as well. I was in a codependent relationship that was on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off for eight years. And that wasn't going very well. And I had a breakdown. I think it was my second breakdown. It was really messy. It involved my son. The police were involved. My mum had to come and take good care of me. And I was exhausted. And something around that time woke up in me and I went, I cannot carry on doing this anymore. I cannot carry on living this way anymore. There has, listen to this, this is, these are the words, these are the words that are going to change your life. There has got to be another way. And I knew from evidence, your subconscious mind will seek evidence, right? So I'd been filling my mind with great information from these authors. I was uh, did a research paper back in my late 20s on um, anti-diet movement. I'd, I'd been doing the work in the background. And this is the thing. This is why it's so important for you to wash your brain with information that opens you up. I know there must be another way to live my life. I can see it. I've been reading about it. I And this is what changed everything for me. I tell you, it's attitude. You want to change. You want to reinvent your life. Everything starts and ends with your attitude. There's another way. There's got to be another way. I don't yet know what that other way is. 
I will find it. I will find the other way. I will find it. I trust the other way is going to find me. You say those words over and over again. You stop the moaning. I love to moan. I love to moan as much as the next person. But yet I know when I moan about myself and my life and my body, what I do is I pull myself down into a downward spiral and I compound the fucking problem. I find no way out. And the thing is, if you're hanging around with people that also moan about their lives and their bodies, guess what you're doing? That energy is compounding the problem and you're going to believe that is your only way. Now, I'm a strange one. I like my own company. I like to live in my own little world. I don't tend to have a lot of friends. So this was a very much solo journey. It was my heroine's journey back to me. There's a book called The Heroine's Journey. It's very good. I'm trying to remember her name. I'll see if it'll come to me as I'm chatting to you. So I changed my attitude. I changed how I was looking at life and myself. And I'm going to repeat it again because it's so fucking important. There must be another way. There must be another way. I don't yet know the other way. And I'm going to find the other way. I'm going to find it. You say those words with conviction. You become devoted to the frequency of those words. And you live it. You live it. And I know, because I've done it, thousands of my clients have done it, that new pathways opened where you thought was a brick wall. It all starts and ends with your attitude. You have got to change the way you think. You have got to change the way you think. You've got to stop moaning. You've got to stop cycling around and around and doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That is what woke me up. Now, the journey for me, and I remember asking myself this question, I said to myself, as I started to change and shift my attitude, I said to myself, I went, you've got a choice, Miss Star Monroe. You can either go back to therapy or why don't you train to be a therapist? And I chose to train to be a therapist. And then I put myself back to school nigh on nearly 10 years. I trained in lots and lots of different modalities over the 10 years. Um, and I did, I did all my training. I never did it as to do a professional, even though it is. It's part of my work now and my methodology, backs up my methodology. I did it for me. I did it to find me. I did it to understand me. Here's the other thing. I've already said it. It's attitude. So you've got to bring that curiosity into it. You've got to want to know why you do the things you do. You've got to want to know why you do the things you do. If you don't want to know, you're not going to change. Nothing's going to change. 
nothing. Nobody is going to come around. I don't give a shit how slick their marketing is on the internet. No one is going to come around with all the answers for you. Here's the thing. In our society, as it is, marketeers treat women as children. And you let them. You let them. You let them treat you like a fucking child. They talk to you like a child. They talk to you like you don't know yourself. You don't know what you want. And they tell you, this is what you want. This is what you need. You're not a child, especially at midlife. You're on this rite of passage from princess to high value queen. And it's time that you woke up to the nonsense that is surrounding you. If you carry on thinking that someone is going to save you, rescue you, give you all the answers, you are always going to be disappointed and at the mercy of somebody else and never take control of who you are and where you're going in life. Take a moment with that. Fast forward that 10 years and think about where you're going to be. You get one fucking life, one life, and it is up to you to direct and steer your life in a way that you want it to go. Now, that's not meant to mean that your life is always going to go in the way that you want it to go, but I always say there's three ways to move through world, the world. There is bumbling, allowing anybody and everybody else to manage and direct your life for you. There is carrying around all your past baggage and your unhealed trauma and your unhealed wounding. It's a very heavy, lethargic way to move through life. And then there's a third way, intentionally intentionally. And if I go back to when I was 40, 41, and I changed my attitude and I said, there's got to be another way to live my life. I don't yet know what it is. And I will find this fucking way. This way will find me. Now, there wasn't someone like me around when I was doing that, but there were plenty other people around. And as I traversed this path and I went back to school and I learned more about myself, some people I learned loads from, other people I learned nothing from. And that's part and parcel of it. You see, most people probably you, are still hooked on to the destination. When I'm, let's use a couple of uh, popular ones in our culture, when I'm 10 pounds slimmer, when I have more money, when I have more time, when I feel more energized, then everything is going to change. No, my friend, nothing is going to change when you think about the destination. I always remember, and I've said it before in one of my episodes, I'm sure Anthony Robbins, like I always say, I don't like the dude, but he came out with some corkers and he said, be, do, have. You have to become 
the person you want to be, to do the things you want to do, to have the things you want to have. Most people think they're going to have the things they're going to have and then they become it. It doesn't work like that. That's why there's so many people who win the lottery, they win all that money and they spend it all. They just go back to how they were because they haven't embodied the, the mindset, the personality, the identity of a wealthy person. They still think they're the same person pre-winning the lottery. You have to become the person you want to be today. You don't want to put it off because the other thing that you will probably say in your head is, I'm not ready. The thing is, you can look at this both ways. I love a paradox. You're either never ready or you're always ready. And today is the day that you start. The other thing, as you start to change your attitude, so remember, it's this open-minded, it's this open-minded way of thinking about yourself and life. That's what's going to change everything. There must be another way to live my life because this is the other thing is everyone is so hooked onto their perception of life. This is why there's so many arguments in relationships because everyone thinks they're right, the other person is wrong. And yet everyone is coming from their perspective. So there's some information, there's wisdom in how other people see things and everyone's always coming from their worldview. So it's this open-minded way. There must be another way to live my life and I'm going to find it. Curiosity. If you move through life with that curious mindset and literally what you're doing is you're reprogramming your brain to find the answers, to find the people that are going to inspire you, that are going to help you to open the doors, to carry on your journey. And the thing is, it is all about the journey. It's all about the journey. It's never about the destination. The destination, if you want to know where the destination is, is death. The destination is death. This is where we're all going. And so we're on the journey. You're on the journey changing your mindset, open-minded, curious, stop fucking moaning. Stop moaning about yourself. Stop moaning about life. Stop hanging around with people that are moaning and gossiping. Hang around. And if you're like, oh, well, no one, nobody I know thinks like this, start listening to podcasts, start reading books. You and I have been brainwashed to think a certain way, and it's heavily influenced by our experiences in life. So if we want to change that, this is why books, I love books, I've always loved reading. Books start to wash your brain with new information, and this is what you need to do. You're literally washing your brain. And I always say at the beginning of this journey, and at times in this journey, it's going to be really confusing. You're going to get to places where you don't know what to do. This is part of the journey. And in our culture, you and I have been brainwashed that the unknown is a really unsafe and unwelcoming place to reside. 
yet the unknown holds the most potent power within it because it's chaotic in there. There's nothing in there. But most people cannot handle not knowing the answers. That's your ego, by the way. Your ego loves to know all the answers. So it's this understanding that you're going to reach impasses where you're like, I don't know what to do. I haven't got the answers. And your skill in that is to learn to sit in the uncomfortability, to sit in the uncomfortability of not knowing, to practice the art of patience, to practice the art of patience, because as you stop meddling and trying to force things to happen in your life, as you lean back, I always say lean back, lean back, and then lean back some more, everything starts to piece together, not probably in the pace and the speed that you want it to happen, and yet it will happen. I always uh, remember years and years and years ago, I was highly intrigued by seasonal living, living with the seasons, winter, spring, summer, autumn. I loved the idea and I read books, loads of books on it. And I was just like, oh my God, how amazing to live with the seasons. And when I lived in the UK, I found it really hard. I struggled to live with the seasons because Western world is so busy. There's so much to do and there's advertising. And then last year I moved to Turkey and the life is so much simpler. There's loads, there's less distractions and it's so much easier to live with the seasons. And you definitely notice it here in Turkey, like I'm in a holiday place in Turkey. So in the winter, everything just goes quiet. And so for me, this last winter, there were real lessons in me learning how to be alone, on my own, in a strange country with no friends, with the quietness and just with myself and my thoughts. And then slowly coming out of winter, coming into spring and the energy is starting to come up. And now as I go out every single day and I ride my bike, I notice how much the energy is heightened and everyone is buzzing around. It's, I love being in that, being in nature being in those earthy energies which are swirling around and help me be more connected with me and in the process teaching me lessons about life, about you cannot rush the seasons, you cannot rush day into night. You cannot rush night into day. It has its own rhythm. And this is what it's all about. It's about you learning to extract yourself from the rhythm that the Western world has pushed onto you and you to find your rhythm. And yet you only can do this if you want to reinvent yourself in midlife, if you want to create a new life for yourself, if you want to feel more energized, more motivated, more inspired, 
You can only do that when you start to shift your attitude, when you open your mind and you start to go, shit, this is this cannot be the only way to look at life. It's not, by the way. It's not. The way that you look at life, it's not. There is a whole nother way. And the way that I look at life, there's a whole nother way to that as well. There's so many different ways and different realms. And I think that's so exciting because you're like, wow, there's always a different way to look at ourselves and at lives. And if I wrap this up and bring this actually onto something very tangible and so it gives you something to like chew on uh, after this episode, just think about you and your body and the way that you view your body. Um, and I don't know how you view your body, and yet I've worked with thousands upon thousands of women over the years, and most women will view their bodies in a really negative way. They will put their bodies down. They won't like what they see in the mirror. And they will moan, they will groan, they will try and change and tweak or hide. And if you think about it, is why do you think like that? Have you ever thought, have you ever taken a moment to reflect and contemplate? Why do you think, why am I, why do I think there's something wrong with my body? And the first answer could be, well, because I don't look like the models on the TV or the advertisements. Um, and so then I invite you to get a little bit more curious about that. Well, why is that? And this is the depth work that we're all here to do if we are to carve our own way in life. And when you start to peel all this back, you realize that the society and patriarchy have brainwashed us way before you came out your mother's vagina. This is in the DNA of women way before you, generations of women before, that women are here for a purpose, and it's to be objectified, to have sex with, to have babies, to clean the house, to look after people. And our value as women is based on our looks. And that's from the patriarchy, it's from capitalism, it's from the men and women from many generations before, and it's coming into here now. Advertising, I get it, it's changing. It's changing nowadays, and yet if you're moving through midlife, you would have grown up with the supermodels. And that's heavily imprinted in your mind. And you have to have a humbleness around that. You have to go, wow, I've been heavily brainwashed with that. And even now, with all the work that I've done around my body, I still find myself slip sliding every now and then down that route of going, well, my body doesn't look like that. There's something wrong with my body. And then I remember that I've been brainwashed. And it is my job, especially as a queen in midlife, my job is to embrace what I have and make the most out of what I have. Because I know, and I spent many years moaning, groaning, tweaking, snipping, changing things on my body, and that never made me happy. And I also know as I get older, many other things on my body are going to keep changing. I was only in the gym the other day and I looked out, I was doing a one-arm row and I got short shorts on. And I was like, whoa, whoa, my legs, the texture has changed. The whole texture of my skin all over my body has changed, no longer firm. 
And I nearly fell down that rabbit hole going, there's something wrong with my body. And yet I choose not to. I choose not to because I have spent time realizing I have been brainwashed and I've spent time washing my brain with new information. And I know it's very pragmatic. I will thank my mother for her stoicism in my life. I'm very pragmatic, very stoic that this is the body that I have right now. I don't get to have another body. And I want to live in my body because I know what it's like to not live in my body. I know what it's like to run and numb away from my body. And it's exhausting and it's sad and it's unhealthy. And I want to live in my body. So I choose to make the most of what I got. I may not like everything that I have. This is what I say. You don't have to like everything that you have. You don't have to like everything that you have. But you make the most out of it. You go, this is what I've got. This is what I've got. Here I am. And remember, everything's an attitude. Everything starts and ends with your attitude. And confidence is an action. You become more confident in who you are through the actions you take. How do you take different actions and get more confident? It starts with your attitude. So I'm going to wrap this up. You want to shift and change, reinvent yourself in midlife. You want to pursue and create a life that lights you the fuck up. Everything starts and ends with your attitude. It starts with you realizing that the way you look at life is not the only way. There's got to be another way to live my life. I don't yet know what it is. I will find the way. I will find the way. You say those words with conviction over and over again. You say it like a fucking mantra every morning, every night. You can change the words if you want. They've got to feel a con. You've got to feel a congruence with the words. You've got to feel it in your bones. You say it over and over again. It becomes your life mantra. And it will open fucking doors. You will see signs, synchronicity. You will read something and it will mean something to you. Yes, along the way, you will stumble and fall. You will come up against your wounding. The wounding is where you keep stumbling over the same thing. Yeah, you might have to go to therapy. You might have to work with someone like me. You might probably want to be surrounded by other women that are doing the same. It's very important that we're in our same, the same peer group. And you will, as you're doing it, you're on your journey, you're doing things, you're carving a different way. You're carving a different way. You're laying the foundations to a new way of you living your life, one cobblestone at a time. You're planting the plants, one plant at a time, and you're walking forward. You may walk backwards every now and then. You may take a different path every now and then. And yet, you keep saying it. It's got to be another way to live my life. It's got to be another way to live my life. I don't yet know what it is. The answers are coming. I will find the answers. I will find the answers. The answers are coming. I will find out how to do this. I will find out how to do this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. And if you would love to learn more about who I am, come and follow me on Instagram, Ms. 
MS, Star Monroe, as in Marilyn, M-O-N-R-O-E. Uh, I'm nearly always on my stories. And as I said in this episode, I have moved to Turkey. I moved to Turkey last year and come along because I'm always taking lovely photos, taking you along for the ride as I'm in Turkey. Thank you. <laughs>